Intervention. interesting with with DFS and how DFS works you know there's a certain point where everything just kind of starts to click and everything starts to make sense you know teams that kind of form an identity if you may and trends start and different situations end up becoming advantageous for certain players and it gets that way for a lot of people uh, this this year it started off or actually happened a lot later. This is the the click week. Normally it happens around you know week four, week five, week six, but this is finally the click week, at least for me, where I could see certain trends start to develop, certain things you know start to happen, all within the DFS community, and it's something as to where it makes it easier, but it also makes it harder to win money all at the same time because you're not the only one that's going to notice certain trends. And so you have to go a little bit deeper. You have to do deeper dives. You have to find things that nobody else really sees. And for me, I really, I didn't even have to do a show sheet for this one. You know, I'm sitting there and it's getting like, I guess, so kind of like fine tuned for me. And, uh, you know, to the point where I'm understanding these teams and without the numbers, I could have actually probably done this entire show. But of course, guys, I'm analytics based. I want to show you guys as to why things are happening in certain ways. So I am going to include the numbers and obviously I do have a show sheet. But yeah, the, the thing that I noticed right away is, is you see the 49ers, right? And we talked about it last week with, with Travis Homer. The 49ers really good up against the running back on the ground. However, in the air, they're not so good. You know, we talked about how Homer was actually going to get in the end zone at least one time in the air and potentially one time in the ground. And guess what he did? And overall, the 49ers did a pretty good job at stopping him. But this is a, what, a fifth round rookie, sixth round rookie who, you know, isn't going to be a high level producer for his entire career. So what he actually got us this, this past week was phenomenal. And when we go back, right, and we look at it, and we're looking at the 49ers on the DFS slate, you're going to see a really scary first up against the running back, right? And that's going to intimidate a lot of people when it comes to actually playing, you know, some of these running backs up against the 49ers this week. So I was looking into it, and with the loss of Ford, you know, with the loss of, of Bosa, and with the loss of Solomon Thomas as well to an extent, it all had a massive effect on being able to fend the running back in the air and getting to the edge. So... When we sit there and we look at, you know, linebacker with the injuries that, that occurred there and defensive tackles, you know, they had enough depth as to where they could actually, you know, throw guys in and it still worked for them. When it came to the edge, not so much. So they're having these, these third and fourth string guys come out there, especially on passing downs where, you know, towards the end of the game, where we're seeing the 49ers just completely fail overall when defending the running back in the air. So teams are just kind of starting to figure it out. Um, if we take out weeks one through three, it's actually almost nine yards per reception. If we leave in weeks one through three, it's almost eight yards per reception. I think it's 7.47 if I remember correctly. So it's something as to where I think the Packers can actually take advantage of this and notice this. Uh, the Packers love to pass the running back. They're on pace right now to target the running back, I believe, 125 times this season. 
Meanwhile, we have, you know, Williams and Dylan, they're both out for the COVID protocol. Now, Aaron Jones is still questionable. I've read multiple sites that said that they don't expect him to play, which would be kind of surprising because he was a game time decision last week. Uh, meanwhile, it's something as to where I, I, I would think that he might actually play just because of the fact that they don't have any other running backs outside of Tyler Irvin. But Tyler Irvin, oh my God, is Tyler Irvin sexy this week, especially, especially if Jones does not play. So I'm sitting there, right? At 300, at 300 on DraftKings, Irvin is nutworthy. He is absolutely nutworthy. And if you get him and play him in the captain spot, you can actually get Ayuk, Adams, both quarterbacks, and McKinnon, which are the top five most expensive guys. So you can fit all those guys in your lineup if you play Irvin in the captain spot. Now, do I suggest that you do that? Yeah, in a couple lineups, but I don't want you putting Irvin in every single one. Like, I don't, I don't know how big of a game Irvin's going to get, but you don't need Irvin to actually be the highest scoring one in the captain spot because you are getting the other five guys who have the biggest chance to produce this upcoming week. So it's something as to where as long as Irvin, you know, remains competitive, gets a touchdown, you know, maybe gets 80 yards or so, you know, total with five receptions that's still going to be good enough value to actually keep you in for the bonus spots. Meanwhile, you can hope that, you know, Ayuk and, and Rogers and of course, uh, McKinnon and Mullen all have, you know, top end weeks, but don't blow the top off of it. So yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm hoping that, you know, Irvin or Jones does not play because that gives us a huge opportunity to play Irvin at 300. Even if you don't play him in the captain spot, he's still going to be a lot, in a lot, a lot, a lot of my lineups. I just need him to be competitive and he'll be fine. So, yeah, remember when I said like this was getting easier, guys? Like I didn't have to do any research for that. I didn't have to even look at anything. These are just numbers and stuff that I actually had in my head, even the 7.47 yards per reception. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. This is getting easier and it's allowed me to do deeper dives. But yeah, anyways, guys, if Jones is playing, Jones will be in quite a few of my lineups, but it kind of screws everything up when it comes to playing these top end guys. So let's go ahead and take a dive into who else I'm looking at playing. Because you got to keep an eye on, on practice squad guy Dexter Williams. He is more of like the prototypical running back over Tyler Irvin at 5'11", 212. So if Jones does not play, there's a chance that he steps in to first and second down rolls. But that's not what, we're, what we want. We don't want to play Dexter Williams. The, the whole point of, of us sitting there talking about the 49ers and their run defense was the fact that they can stop guys up the middle. They can stop guys on the ground. They struggle with guys in the air. So yeah, although I will have a little bit less shares of Irvin if Dexter Williams does get promoted and takes over that first, you know, that first and second down role. But yeah, Irvin's still going to be a smash play for me across the whole entire board. Now, that means I do like to have Aaron Rodgers, and that's obvious, like, you know, I didn't have to actually even say that. But yeah, I am a little bit concerned about Robert Rodgers' completion percentage while under pressure, and the fact that the uh, Green Bay Packers could actually run away with this game. Meanwhile, you have 49ers fresh to the quarterback six most. So like there's there's certain different angles that I'm looking at where Rodgers won't produce. But overall, I think that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be in close to 90 percent of my lineups tonight. He's still a smash play. Uh, the 49ers are really, really good up against bad quarterbacks that don't protect their quarterback. However, of course, Aaron Rodgers does get protected. It's a great offensive line over there and he's getting the ball out of his hands relatively quickly. So 
Good quarterbacks actually go off up against the 49ers as we look at Russell Wilson, four touchdowns. Fitzpatrick had three touchdowns. Wentz and Murray each had two touchdowns. And Murray racked up 94 additional yards on the ground. Meanwhile, I think Wentz had like 55 yards on the ground up against them in like week four or five or whatever it was. So, yeah, it's something else to say like, I think that Rodgers is absolutely going to have a hell of a game. And I don't see too many opportunities as to where you're not going to play him. Now, when Sherman, right, was playing with the 49ers prior to getting injured, or last year, I should say, uh, the 49ers kind of stuck to their own sides. But without him this year, they really don't trust Mosley. So Verrett has been shadowing the wide receiver one. So last week, we saw him shadowing DK Metcalf up until Lockett lined up on the outside. Whenever Lockett lined up on the outside, we saw Verrett actually go and cover Lockett last week. So... Lockett actually ended up getting shut down. I thought Verrett was always going to stay on Metcalf, even when Lockett did get shifted to the outside. But I think that's what the Seahawks wanted. They saw it on film because they kept forcing Lockett to go to the outside. And that happened about 15 to 20 times. That resulted in seven catches on 10 targets for 120 yards and two touchdowns on DK Metcalf. So I expect the same sort of thing to happen up against Adams this upcoming week, where when Adams goes to the slot, Verrett's not going to cover him. He's probably going to be on MVS. Or he'll line up on the same side as to wherever Adams lines up, but he'll be on the outside versus in the slot. Meanwhile, right, Adams spent 27% of the time so far this season in the slot. So I'm going to expect that to spike this week. I think that Adams will play probably close to 40% of his snaps in the slot. But that still leads to 60% of the snaps where he could see coverage from Verrett, and that means trouble. I think it's going to limit Adams' upside overall. I still think that that Adams is worth a play. He's probably going to be in close to 60 to 70% of my lineups. But this makes it really interesting for MVS because Mosley actually struggles tremendously with speed. And it's something as to where MVS could actually hang up some big ones on him. Now, MVS is fourth in average target distance in the NFL and 18th in air yards so far this season. It does worry me a little bit that he only has five targets over the last two games with easy matchups, but I think that was more to the credit of Devontae Adams being open than, you know, Rodgers kind of losing trust. So I think that this could actually be a massive, massive smash week for MVS, where the 49ers actually gave up the 15th most explosive plays to the pass. Now, this is the interesting part because two of those teams that they faced so far this season are outside of the bottom 12, are better than the bottom 12 in explosive, pa- explosive pass play percentages. In other words, the other teams, the other six teams are actually bottom in the bottom 12 of that. The Seahawks, who only missed by two spots, which is kind of surprising to me, he, they finished 18th in explosive plays allowed. And then the Rams, who are 7th. So, I'm sorry, explosive plays actually had. And then the Rams, who are 7th in explosive plays in the air. So... This is something as to where I think the 49ers ranking 15th or giving up the 15th most explosive plays of the past is actually a little bit skewed. I think they're a lot worse than what they're letting on to just because they haven't played good teams who have explosive plays in the air. Yeah, it's way worse than what it looks like, guys. So MVS will be in quite a few of my lineups. And guys, check out the price. Check out the price. He's only 3,400. This is like the Marvin Jones Jr. like corollary where he's on the field for almost every single snap. He's running the routes on almost every single snap that's like a a pass route or a a passing play. He just hasn't seen the opportunity outside of week one. 
And when he does see the opportunity, by the way, he produces. What do you have in week one? Like 96 yards and a touchdown, I think, on like six catches. So this is the Marvin Jones Jr. situation as to where he just needs an opportunity. And with shadow coverage on Devontae Adams from Verrett, I think that that could happen this week. They just need to give him time to actually get the ball downfield. So, yeah, when I look at the slot, the only slot receiver so far this season that actually put points up on the 49ers was actually Chris Berrios. So when it comes to the other receivers, I'm staying away from Equinamia St. Brown, and I'm staying away from Darius Shepard. Those two other wide receivers are kind of just trash for me. I don't want to chase the dragon on those guys, but I might have one lineup with Malik Taylor in there because Malik Taylor gets moved all over the field. He plays the outside. He plays underneath. And if he sees coverage from Mosley, then we could see a big play out of him. He did have a 26-yard reception last week down the sideline. Beautiful pass and a good catch. Now, as to the other guys with Tanyan, Tanyan can see some matchups up against these linebackers and uh, Marcel Harris. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Tanyan as a very solid overall game. Tart is likely to miss this game, so that's good news for Tanyan. If Tart doesn't miss, I'm probably going to be a little bit more off Tanyan. But either way, yeah, Tanyan is sitting there and he's looking kind of sexy. Whenever the San Francisco 49ers face good tight ends, they gave up points. It just hasn't happened a lot. Like when we go back and we look at it, Gusecki had 91 yards, Higby had 56. So Tanya's not going to be like a captain spot guy for me, neither is Sternberger. But I do think that you have to make a strong case as to where they have to each be in a few lineups. I'm thinking that'll have them in, in a combined 20% total. So yeah, I'm going to stay away from the both and the captains. I think that you have to play them in, in a decent amount. So yeah, and it, it's kind of crazy, by the way. Believe it or not, Sturmberg is actually running routes on a higher percentage of his snaps than Tanyan is. So, Rogers is starting to take notice of that. He has targeted Sternberger, what, three times last game, and then he got him in the end zone on like a two-yard pass or something uh, back two games ago. So, I think that Sternberger is actually making a very, very strong case to start taking some snaps away, and they could cannibalize each other. So, they're not going to be in like every single one of my lineups, but I think that either one could have a very, very solid game overall. Now, on the other side of things, there's something that's not really a secret. Oh, there's something that's not really a secret that's going on around there. And it's the fact that you can run up against the Packers going back to last year. <laughs> run, run, run. That's all you got to do up against the Packers. They cannot defend the, the run at all. And guess what? That's what the 49ers do really well. They run the ball. So I'm going to have McKinnon in a lot of my lineups. I'm going to have Hasty in a lot of my lineups, uh, probably close to uh, probably 40% of both, maybe 45% of both. But yeah, uh, honestly, I think that you can even have them in. I'll probably have 40% of both and I'll probably have 10% where they're both in the same lineup together. So. Yeah, it's something that's where I'm not going to bore you guys. I'm not going to drone on about the running back situation for the 49ers. Obviously, you're playing both of those guys. The Packers are allowing five yards per carry and 10 yards per reception to the running back. So, yeah, it's something that's blatantly obvious that you're going to play these running backs. Uh, last thing I'm going to say about it is the O-line is negative 26 up against the pass and plus 25 up against the run when it comes to the offensive line versus the defensive line for the 49ers versus the uh, Packers. Now, the question is, can you play anybody else? And this is tough because just like the 49ers up against the tight end, the Packers haven't faced very many you know, decent wide receivers. And 
it's something as to where when the offenses move their wide receivers around a lot, the 49ers uh, tend to go, or I'm sorry, the, the Packers actually struggle with defending those wide receivers who get shifted around because they do play so much zone. So I was kind of feeling Kendrick Bourne. And then, oops, guess what? He's out with COVID. And so this now turns into a giant shit show over there for the 49ers. Um, it's something as to where, like, I was actually kind of excited because I thought this could be a decently competitive game. I, you know, it wasn't going to go the, the whole nine being, you know, neck and neck or anything. But I thought that it could provide for a little bit of a shootout potentially, especially if those running backs could break off some big time runs. But yeah, now the 49ers are an absolute mess. And it, it would be really funny, actually. Like, they just cut Pettis yesterday after they tried to trade him. Could you imagine the uncomfortable phone call that they would have to make to Dante Pettis? Hey, I know we tried to trade you all day yesterday, and we were very open about it. And then we ended up cutting you. Yeah, we're going to need you to come back. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming back to us. I wonder if a team can claim... Can a team claim the same guy they dropped off waivers? Is that actually possible? I don't know. Anyways, guys, they're just down to two receivers now, right? They have Ayuk and they have Trent Taylor. Uh, you know, so I don't know what they're going to do in the passing game this, this upcoming week. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I, you need to follow this very closely to make sure that with the, concussion, or with the COVID protocol, that Ayuk doesn't end up going through that or Trent Taylor or any, any other player, you know, for that, for that matter. So keep an eye on that, guys. But Ayuk, they're going to have to utilize him. Like, they're going to have to get him involved. So it's something as to where, like, Ayuk is going to be in a few, few more of my lineups than what I planned on doing. And even Trent Taylor for a dart throw is going to be in a few more of my lineups than I, than I planned on. But I think I'm going to attack the tight end position a little bit heavier than I'm going to attack the wide receiver position. Jordan Reed is still on the IR as of right now. Uh, they're still kind of questionable as to whether they're going to activate him or not. If he does get activated, I will have him in probably close to 30 to 40% of my lineups. If he does not get activated, I'm going to roll out Dwelly in probably close to 60 or 70%. Uh, Dwelly normally gets used a lot in the, in the blocking game. I think he goes down on a snap like on 70% of, his, or 70 of the pass plays or something like that. But either way, I think that he's going to be a smash play this week. I think they're going to have to roll him out. You could see him with like 15 targets this game. You really could. I mean, Dwelly's been an important part of that offense, and the team loves him. So I'm going to be playing Dwelly, yeah, in, in quite a few of my lineups. Meanwhile, we have Warner over there, who is the, primarily a blocker. Uh, he was a blocker throughout college. You know, he's a blocker now. So I'm going to take a shot probably on one of my lineups with Warner, but I'm not going to be playing him in any captain spots or anything like that. I'm not going to get that crazy because, you know, Warner would have to end up having a, a game like, 100 yards on, you know, eight to 10 receptions, have one big breakaway run and get in the end zone twice in order for him to actually be that valuable. And I, although he is a, a great, great upside or a, a great floor play, especially for cash games, if you want to go top heavy, I think he is a little bit too risky to sit there and chase the dragon in that captain spot. So the more I look at this game, the more I want to play just one player from San Francisco and then just go heavy on the Green Bay side. It's something as where this game could quickly become a blowout, like first quarter Green Bay Packers go up 21 to nothing type game. So I'm going to have as many shares as I can of, you know, Tyler Irvin to, to get work as a runner and as a pass catcher as well. If Aaron Jones plays, I'm going to be taking a lot of shares of Aaron Jones. 
Uh, of course, if he doesn't play, that's when I'm going to be going more heavy on, on Irvin, of course. But yeah, if Dexter Williams plays, I'm probably not going to have too many issues, shares of him. And then I'm going to roll out a lot of Devontae Adams. I'm going to roll out mostly, probably my most owned player will be Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not. Yeah, shocker, right? And then, of course, on the other side, I'm going to be aiming for McKinnon. I'm going to aim for Jermichael Hasty, really heavy on Jermichael Hasty. A little bit less on, on McKinnon. And, you know, just hope that they can actually keep this somewhat competitive. But yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. If you guys have any questions, please reach out to us. We do have our big episode tonight with Mike. We got Mike coming on. We have Dynasty Trades HQ going on. Very, very excited. I am going to answer your questions as soon as I do my sign out for you guys. So stay on if you guys did answer a question. So, yeah, it's, it's something I swear this game is just going to get ugly. And, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys want to check us out, go to Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Fantasy Intervention. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Fantasy Intervention. You guys can find me on Twitter, FF underscore Intervention as well. And then, yeah, make sure you guys tune in the show tonight. Tonight at 8 o'clock with Mike and I, we have the Dynasty Trades HQ coming on. It's going to be an awesome, awesome episode. I, I can't believe I'm going to allow Shane and Mike to be in the same room together. That is absolutely horrifying. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. And thank you all for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. Now, my mom told my niggas is dope. Switch up a stove to pick up a stove. They're feeling away. They know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast.